My name is Jeff. So glad you guys are with us at all of our campuses. Today, we have an exciting day. You guys are getting ready to hear from a number of people, right, that have had their life radically changed. And these are people right here from New Life Church. Let me give you an example. We have 10 people getting baptized at our Kearney campus today, okay? That's exciting. Yeah, come on. Right? We got three people getting baptized at our North Platte campus today. Yeah. And then a history-making day at our Ogallala campus, right? For Pastor West and under his leadership, we have six people getting baptized today at the Ogallala campus. Wow. And then we had one person get baptized in Honduras today. Um, who's on a go trip with us, okay? And so uh, you're going to get an opportunity to get a copy of that, like, video. We videotaped it in Honduras this morning, and it's already been uploaded, and you can actually get a copy of it, and you'll find out how to get that later on in the service. So now on top of all of that, I have four more incredible testimonies I want to share with you during my message today. So guys, today we are celebrating. We are celebrating the power of the testimony by celebrating the cause of our church. Why does our church exist? Why do we open up the doors on a Sunday morning? Our cause is this, to see people find Jesus and lives changed. That's our cause. That's why we exist, to see people find Jesus and lives changed. Why don't you say that cause with me, okay? Ready? One, two, three. To see people find Jesus and lives change. Guys, that's why we exist. We're going to celebrate all kinds of powerful stories today. It's going to be awesome. All right? I was recently, though, I was recently reading a book. And as I was reading the book, I realized, like, this is a page turner. Like, I can't lay this book down. I just want to keep going and reading and reading and reading. And, you know, it's late at night, and you know you got to wake up in the next morning, and, but yet you're like, I'll do one more chapter. And so you've ever done that before? Like, maybe you're on, like, I, I read a lot of e-books, and so you flip ahead, you try to figure out, like, how long is this chapter going to take me? And sometimes it'll even just say right at the bottom, and you're like, oh, okay, 27 minutes? Game, game on, right? I'll do that in 23, right? I'll try it, right? I won't remember any of it. I'll do it in 15, right? I'll scan the page. But like, I was reading this book. It was a page turner, and I just needed I mean, I was just like, oh, I'm hungry to like, keep reading this book. It dawned on me that that's a perfect example of the way our Christianity should be. Our Christianity should be lived in such a way that the first chapter of our testimony tells the story of the radical transformation of coming out of sin into a relationship with God. And that chapter 5 should be a page turner. Right? It should be a, a testimony about maybe how God set you free from, from like some kind of addiction or God healed your marriage. And, and in chapter 8, people should want to hear about chapter 8, about how God miraculously provided for you when you stepped out in faith right, on, on, on his behalf and went on a journey with him. That people are hungry for that. People are looking for that in our lives. And that should be the, the story of our lives. Is like Our lives should be like a page turner when it comes to the testimonies of what God has done. But the problem is this, that too many Christians only have chapter 1 and chapter 2. That's all they have. And those are old stories, by the way. And there's nothing new going on in their life. I'm here to tell you today that a fresh testimony, it, it, it makes your spirituality more healthy. But it also is life-giving to others. Amen? And this is the reason why God gave you an assignment. Say assignment. God gave each and every single one of us an assignment. And the assignment is this to tell the story 
are the testimony of what Jesus has done in your life. Let me give you an example of it. It happened in Luke chapter 8, also in Mark chapter 5. The account is given. Jesus and his disciples hop in a boat. They go across the Sea of Galilee. They land on the shore. And what happens when Jesus lands on the shore? Well, they're met with a, a man that is demon-possessed. Not just with one demon. There's a host of demons that have possessed this man to the point where they have collectively given themselves the name Legion. Right? And then Jesus is there. This guy is like naked. He's running around. He's physically hurt people. You know, he has got chains hanging from his wrists where he's busted them out of the rocks where they've tried to tie him down. He, he wounds himself. He wounds others. He's, he's unintelligible. You can't understand anything that the man says. And Jesus casts the demons out of this man. And the man is now upright. And he's thinking straight. And he's talking. And he's Right, and he's dressed again. And the townspeople, they, they see the miraculous transformation that Jesus brought to this guy. And they're so freaked out that they tell Jesus, get back in the boat. We don't have anything to do with you, man. You and your disciples, get out of here. And I want you to see what happens to the man who had been recently delivered by this miraculous power that Jesus wielded. In Luke chapter 8, verse 38 and 39, says that the man who had been freed from the demons begged Jesus to go with him. But Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family and tell them. Tell them everything that God has done for you. So what does the man do? He went all through the town proclaiming the great things that Jesus had done for him. This guy didn't do what Jesus told him to do. He did more. He did more. He didn't just go to his family and tell his family what Jesus had done. In the Luke account, the man goes through the whole village telling people, hey, you guys remember me? You remember me? Look at me. Look close. Look close. Remember, I, I'm the demon-possessed guy who lives out there, you know, by the, by the lake. The ones you keep chaining up. Like, I've been set free by Jesus. He's delivered me. I'm a new man again. In, uh, in Mark chapter 5, it says that the guy went throughout the Decapolis, meaning that there were 10 villages and 10 towns there. So the guy doesn't follow Jesus' thought of just going to his family. The guy can't keep the story to himself. He has to share the story with others, and he keeps doing it over and over and over and over again. It's awesome. It's the very same thing Jesus gave to you and me. You and me are left here on earth for one big reason, and that is to continue to proclaim the great testimony of how God has transformed and God has changed your life. Amen? And the reason for that is because your testimony has power in many, many different ways. Let me highlight a couple of those. First, your testimony causes others to praise God. I mean, have you ever heard a testimony about how Jesus transformed someone's life and it caused you to just want to go, praise God, like, that's incredible, wow, so cool, man, right? Isn't it amazing how when someone shares a Christ-centered testimony, the attention is, gets off of them and it gets immediately onto what God's done? It also causes you to do another thing, which is this, to thank God. So here's what Jesus does. Jesus changes lives so that you and me, we can tell our story and he gets all the glory, now, I don't know if you caught that or not, but that was like a really good statement right there. He changes our lives so that we can tell our story so that he gets all the glory. I just think that that's so cool. What God is at work doing is mind-blowing, guys. So let's put this to practice about, you know, does a testimony truly cause us to praise God and does it cause us to give God thanks? I want you to listen to this testimony of a woman here in our church, here at our Kearney campus. And when you hear the testimony of the transformation of her life, I want you to see if it doesn't cause you to start praising God and thanking God. Take a listen. 
growing up, um, I didn't know who my father was. I still don't. Um, I had a stepdad. Uh, my, my mom uh, was, she's a bad alcoholic. Um, so I grew up around drugs and alcohol, the environment that I was in. Um, and um, from the ages of two to 14, I was, you know, beat, tortured, uh, raped, uh, lusted, all those hurtful things. Um, and it kind of molded me into not being able to deal with life, life on life's terms, um, not trusting anyone, having abandonment issues. Um, very, very scary. So I relied on drugs and alcohol at a very young age. I wasn't living. I was literally a, a shell of a person. That's what I was. I was not living at all. I went to treatment four times and um, I just kept doing it, trying to make my life better, or I didn't understand really what was going on. I didn't understand why I couldn't stop. And, um, you know, they kept mentioning a higher power or God, and I just wasn't understanding still. And my last time before relapsing, April 9th of 2020, that's when I finally got down and surrendered to God. Um, I had never gone on my knees before. I had never said these things out loud to him and that desire was taken from me. Literally, I have not had any desire to drink whatsoever since then. So I started coming to New Life in late 2019, um, trying to, I guess, figure out who God was. I would have to say about a year and a half into it, coming every Sunday, not missing, um, I started to see baptisms and people's lives change. And, you know, there's something in my mind I would never do. You know, I would never be up on screen, people to see my photo and all this and, and that. And, um, you know, the more sobriety, the more I'm praying, the more I'm, I'm wanting to, to learn and understand God and what He has in store for me, um, I decided to get baptized. So I went ahead and took that, that, um, that leap of faith on June 26th. And um, I was very excited that day, I remember, and everything about it. And, you know, I had people here supporting me, which was really cool. And um, it was uh, a breathtaking moment. Well, I work at a, a local cafe here in Kearney. Um, and you know, he uses me through the people, for the people that walk in the door. Um, I don't know, he sets up my day every 24 hours. That's all he gives us, right? So every 24 hours I get up in the mornings and I ask him to use me, um, to guide me, to give me patience. Because um, when I go into the cafe, it's not just a job for me. It's it's not, I'm doing the Lord's work there. Um, there's people that are broken in there. There's some people that just need, um, you know, to be lifted up or to be motivated. My life, my stories, everything I've been through, I would do it again. I would do it all over again. I've just been granted a whole new lease on life because of him. Amen. Come on. Amen. Amen. I know that Karina's here someplace because I saw her in the hallway, but we praise God with you, Karina. Amen? Come on. Oh, there you are right here for all of our campuses sitting right here in the front. Awesome. Awesome. We praise God with you. 
We do. We love it. Hey, Karina, you know what? You're living out for us a beautiful picture of what Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says. It says that this, and they, Karina and many others, have defeated him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And Karina, you continue to defeat the enemy every time you proclaim your testimony, right? Ah, get moved by that. When you, when you proclaim it to yourself, you're reminding yourself about the power of God, right? And when you proclaim it to others, you're defeating, you're crushing the enemy's work in the hearts of others. Praise God for you. Thank you for what you're doing. The same freedom that Karina's found, you can, found, you can find it as well if you'll just surrender your life to Jesus like she did when she knelt down on her knees and she cried out to the Lord. The power of your testimony, though, it does a lot more. Your, your testimony gives others hope. Say hope. You guys believe me? Like, you guys with me? Like, we're, we live in a world that's crazy, and people, it's like people are starving for our authentic hope in today, right? And they're searching for it everywhere. They're searching for it in government, and they're not going to find it. They're, they're searching in places like finances and relationships and education and occupation. You're not going to find hope in those things, right? You're, you're, we're just living the rat race of life, and you're never going to find hope there. Hope is found in one place, and his name is Jesus. Amen? Right. So when the testimony is shared, guess what happens? Hope is shared. The one sharing is reminded of the goodness of God. The one who's hearing has the heart impacted by the power of God. Let's put that to work right now. I want you to listen to another testimony. I want to see if your heart is stirred with hope as you hear an amazing, powerful story of God's ability to rescue and to heal and to restore. Just see as you listen to this testimony if hope isn't filling your heart. So I moved to Los Angeles and got involved and was helping lead worship uh, there and was really on fire for God. Um, that's when I met someone uh, seven months later, got married to her, and, uh, and life has not ever been quite the same since. Some ways bad, some ways good. Eventually, I started dealing with some mental health struggles, uh, with some mental health issues that, um, that made it pretty much impossible to w go to work every day and I ended up losing the job uh, in the same season that we were separated about to get divorced. And uh, I kept praying every day for clarity from God. Uh, you know, what should I be doing? And unfortunately, the, the mental health struggles really reared their ugly head. And, uh, and I lost the job, lost the marriage. I remember repeatedly finding myself in a place of just utter despair, feeling like I had let everyone in my life down, that I was a failure, that I, I felt worthless. I ended up falling in with the wrong crowd and was doing a lot of drugs and just living a life I know wasn't what God had called me to. And it started to wear on me. I was at my primary job one day and had my little pocket of drugs with me that surely weren't helping anything and eventually found myself in 
in the darkest place that I've ever been. I couldn't, I had to leave work, I had to go sit in my car. Couldn't even feel like I could drive myself anywhere. So I just sat in the parking lot and cried and it was at that lowest point in my journey that I finally recognized my need to humble myself, to own up to the lifestyle I had been living, admit it to my family, and I called my sister. That weekend after calling my sister, I went and visited home. Uh, we agreed it was for the best that I just moved back in with my mom and Kozad. We found out about a treatment uh, about a facility in Lincoln that is considered top-notch for mental health issues and fortunately found a medicine uh, and now medicines that do the trick and have me feeling like my old self. He expects us to be able to utilize the tools and the medicines, you know, meaning the medicines and the teams of people that are there available to us. Just because it doesn't come from the church building doesn't mean God's no less a part of it. Once I finally put God first in every aspect of my life and got back to church, he was really able to start working on my heart. I was finally allowing him in, in a way that was just completely open and transparent and welcoming change that I knew only he could bring. To say I'm thankful is just such a complete understatement. It's just, it's incredible what, what God can change in just a matter of a few years, if you let him. Wow. Man, thank you, Bobby. Thanks for being transparent. We celebrate the newfound freedom that you have. Uh, if you're at the Kearney campus, you're going to experience Bobby. He's on the worship team today. He's going to be leading us in some of, some of our worship. That's the kind of freedom uh, that we believe that God restores back to people's lives. Amen? So God can heal. God can restore mental health. God can turn your life around. And if God can do it for Bobby, guess what? Turn to the person next to you and say, he can do it for you. All right? He can do it for you. But I want to tell you as well, God's also interested in growing and changing every area of your life. And God never, listen to me, God never stops working in your life. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 tells us this. It says that I'm certain. It's not like I'm questioning it. No, I'm confident. I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on Friday. That's what we like. That's, if we were writing the scripture, that's the way we would write it. God, just come on, finish it, get it over with, heal it, let's move on. God goes, not only will I do that, but I'm not going to stop working on your life. No, uh, not until it's finished on the day when, what? Jesus Christ returns. When you stand with him in heaven, and now things are made perfect. So here's what God's word's trying to tell us. He's trying to say this to us. Your testimony isn't limited to your salvation. It's about the continued leadership of Jesus in your life. And that's what I want you to hear today. I want you to hear today another testimony 
Um, a testimony, though, that is about a person who has been walking with Jesus, faithful to the Lord, serving the Lord, right in the sweet spot of what God wants, and then God says, hey, everything that's comfortable, I'm getting ready to change it all. Well, are you willing to trust me? I know you're comfortable, right? I know you got it all figured out where you're at, but are you willing to follow me and let's do something new? I want you to hear that kind of story because that's the God who's at work in our life and he's never gonna stop doing that work until the day we stand with him in heaven. He's still building your testimony. I want you to hear part of Pastor Dave, um, his testimony, moving from North Platte to Kearney. Would you give it up for Dave? Come on. All right, all right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that, man. Man, yeah, Dave, we've been standing up here forever. You need to sit down or something. No, just joking. Hey, Dave, look, um, you, you've, uh, you just recently moved here to uh, the, the Kearney campus. You've been at the North Black campus for really eight years. But can you go back and just remind everybody, uh, what, what was it like? Uh, how did you find New Life? How did you get on the team here at New Life all those years ago? Yeah, well, coming up on 13 years ago, I married your middle daughter. That's true. I remember and that. And so nice. God put me on your radar. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then really, it was the fall of 2013. We had just had our first child. And we, Tiffany and I, were both teaching in the Omaha area. And we wanted uh, to go into ministry if God would call us into ministry. But we didn't want to go try to force our way into ministry. We figured that was probably a, a bad thing to do. And so I, we were worshiping here. We were showing off Milo to Tiffany's family and friends. And at the end of a worship service, I, I sensed God saying, hey, if you want me to call you into ministry, let me call you where I want to call you. Okay. And so then after that service, I tell Tiff, I was like, we got to be ready to go wherever. Fast forward a few months, and then we hear that you guys are wanting to plant a campus in North Platte. And we were just thinking, Lord, that would be so amazing. <laughs> Will you let us be the ones to go yeah. and do it? And then a few month, more months go by, and we're moving out to North Platte as soon as the school year was over to launch that campus. Man, and it was eight years of a wild ride, starting with nothing, right? Yeah. I mean, we, I remember the first time we met people in North Platte to go, hey, is anybody interested in planting the church? And it was in, like, the basement of your house after having a barbecue. Yeah. Right? And there was a handful of people there. Yep. But it's been really rewarding, I know, the last eight years. So can you just kind of, like, highlight for us, like, how rewarding was it for the last eight years to be the campus pastor of the North Platte campus? That's a dangerous question. <laughs> I could go on and on. Right. Um, but it was honestly like the most amazing way we could have spent the last eight years. And seeing God restore marriages. I mean, I, I could tell you of multiple marriages that were uh, had either ended because of divorce and he restored. Yeah. Or we had couples that were living separately and they were ready to divorce and then they go to put God at the center of their marriage and it's restored. We have single moms raising amazing daughters that come in and they find a place where they're valued, they're loved, they're supported, and they have other people that are going to rally around them, support them, and do life with them. Uh, we've got amazing kids ministry and youth ministry where kids are experiencing the presence of God. They're being called into to ministry. They're you know, inviting their friends. And like I said, I could go on and on. It was just amazing what God did yeah. in eight years. Yeah. And I know you're, 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 you're talking about others. And the question was about the reward. And this is the classic, like, pastoral answer where um, you're talking about others because you recognize that you, you had a unique opportunity to be in their life. And that was the reward. 
and it was all about others. It was about loving God and loving others. And man, you guys, your roots went deep there. You had some deep relationships, and you really, I mean, you are literally tapping the very, very tip of the iceberg of transformed lives and the joy and the reward that you guys had. So how, um, how did you and Tiffany come to a place where you, you felt clearly that God was now calling you to leave this place where you're so comfortable, but yet there's such reward and there's such vitality and such life going on. How did you guys get to a place where you truly sensed that God was going, hey, it's time to move? Yeah, so you came to us and you just said, hey, I, I have a question I've got to ask you, but I'm not going to tell you it's the Lord. I want you to be able to go and explore and sense, okay, is this of the Lord or, or is it just Jeff's crazy idea? And so Tiffany and I, when you had approached us and just said, we would love for you to come and, and take on a different role, leave everything that has been just amazing for the last eight years, uh, but I don't want you to do that because I'm asking you to do it. I want you to make sure that it's the Lord. And so Tiffany and I, we, uh, we have a value of trying to discern the Lord. We want to put everything through three main filters. And that first one is, what does Scripture say? Uh, because we don't feel like God is going to contradict himself. If, he, if you sense that maybe he's asking you to do something, check it with Scripture. Because if there's clear uh, differences, then we know, okay, this, the, what we think we're hearing isn't from the Lord because yeah. he's not going to disagree with himself. And so right. I was reading one day, uh, Jeremiah, I think it's in chapter 6, where Jeremiah is talking to the Israelites, and he's just saying, hey, you keep wanting to go your own way, but the Lord has your, your path. Go follow it. And I'm, I'm sure I'm taking a little bit out of context, but that day I felt like the Lord was saying, you're no different than the Israelites. You have your path that you're wanting mm. to go down, but I've got a different path for you. Yeah. And so I, that was like, okay, that passes the first filter. This is the Lord, I yeah. think. Uh, second filter then is to go to a couple of spiritual leaders or really strong friends. And I went to two separately, and they didn't know that I was talking with the other one, mm. but I shared with them, this idea, this might be from the Lord, will you help me discern? And they said almost the exact same thing, almost verbatim, word for word. And again, they didn't know each other. They didn't know I was talking to them. They both said, Dave, if God was to look at your strengths and Tiffany's strengths and your experiences and your giftings and yeah. write a job description for you, this would be it. And I was like, okay, well, you don't know. <laughs> the other guy said the exact same thing. I should probably pay attention. That might be the Lord. And then finally, the third filter we want to use is prayer. We know that uh, one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. And so when we're praying to discern, is this of the Lord? There's this prayer of God, give us peace that this is of you. And long story short, we both separately prayed, had peace. We came together and, and really just said, okay, we're unified on this. This is the Lord. Yeah. And so then we let you know. Yeah, man. And I love it. I really do. I love it. Thank you for just being transparent, you know, and helping us. Because I know you, you had some other options, you had some other thoughts, you had some ideas, you had your path, and then God kind of threw out another one. It's amazing the other options that will all of a sudden like come onto your radar. Yes. Hey, will you come move here? Will you go like if you're trying to follow the Lord? <laughs> One of the ways that I think you can discern is if you get all these other really enticing offers. <laughs> let me tell you. Something's up. Yeah. The drum's beating. <laughs> it's time to go. Come on. Yeah. And I know that that wasn't easy, and there's a lot of challenges that come with that, you know, from yeah. moving your family, finding a house, getting your kids plugged into a new school. But I think what everybody really wants to know right now is this. Like, Dave, what are you doing here? 
right? Like, okay, so it's exciting. You heard God's call. Like, man, that's, that's encouraging. I, I'm in a comfortable place. Man, I don't even know if I would want to leave that comfortable place. People might be saying that. But I think what we really want to know now is this. You're here. What's the new position? Okay, what are you doing here? And then really, how does that fulfill the mission and the vision that God's given our house? Like, why do we as an executive team believe that it was so important to move you thriving in North Platte, which by the way, we got campus pastors that are thriving there right now. Amen. Right? Yes. And Tyler and Sarah, they're rocking yeah. it, right? And you're part of the training. But like, why did we feel like it was so important, man, to uproot that, right? And to maybe almost kind of almost put that in jeopardy for a moment to do something that God's got a vision for us that's so much bigger than where we're going. So what are you doing? Where are we going? Yeah, we felt like the Lord could maximize these eight years that we just spent uh, if we were to leave that position and to step into what we're calling the pastor of expansion, to be able to go take what we learned, that experience, and, and then be able to go and plant in other communities. We, there's not a community in the Midwest that has enough life-giving churches. Right. Uh, there's some great life-giving churches in other communities, but there's still the lost. There are still people that need to find Jesus and have their lives changed by him. And so yeah. we sense that, okay, this new role, Pastor of Expansion, is really about taking what we have learned in the last eight years, what we've lived in the last eight years, and use it to propel us forward to plant in more uh, communities so we can see more people find Jesus and have their lives changed. We've, right on. we've learned a lot about raising up leaders because, mm -hmm. as you said, when we started out there, it was just Tiffany and me, and we've mm -hmm. learned how do you develop leaders, how do you empower leaders, how do you let them go and lead ministries uh, we've got Pastor Kara on staff at the North Platte campus. She was raised up from within. We have yep. Pastor Wes and Kim out in Ogallala that were raised up in, or in North Platte and sent out. And so a part of this role of pastor of expansion is developing leaders so that when we go and we're looking to plant a campus, we've got the leadership to go right and on. make it thrive. Right on. And you get to oversee all of the campus pastors. Uh, all of our campus pastors now report to you. Tyler, Wes, Robert. So you're investing into their life. I'm sure that brings a lot of joy. Oh, it's like the most fun part of the job. <laughs> I, I joke with people. It's like you move from being Luke Skywalker to Yoda. <laughs> where, you know, you're not the guy, but you're the one loving and supporting and discipling and encouraging the guy mm. or the gal, you know. So, yeah, super fun. And just getting in a room or in a car with those guys like, there's nothing better. And you've experienced that. I have. Tyler, Wes, Robert. It, yeah, just don't guys, let Wes I, drive. Um, you'll make every vacation of yours better if you just invite the campus pastors along. That's true. Let me just throw that out there. They, they are a, a party in a title right there. Like, <laughs> party like in camp, a title. Yeah, campus pastor, party. Yes. Right, that's what it is right there. Love it. Okay, and then, okay, pastor of expansion and? And worship experience. Right. Yeah, so everything that takes place in our auditoriums at all campuses and online each week, I get to oversee that. And I get to really just work with those guys and some amazing uh, teams uh, at all campuses to really say, okay, if, if we've got 65 minutes, or if I'm preaching about 75 minutes, <laughs> if we've got, let's just say 65 minutes, how do we maximize that? Yeah. How do we make the best worship experience possible so that we set people up to hear from the Lord. We know that it's not about us. It's not about the lights. It's not about the music. It's not about the, it's about people encountering the presence of God, right. finding Jesus and having their lives changed. But there's a part that we get to play. It's the man makes his plans and the Lord directs his steps. We want to make our right plans on. and then let the Holy Spirit, the Lord direct our steps. So worship experience, utilizing technology, 
worship, platform communication, all of that. Come on, man. For the glory of the Lord. It's a new day. It's a new season. And it's a new season for our church in making this radical transformation. We're expecting that our efforts here in obedience and following the Lord are going to pay off. And we're going to see some new works happen. And we're going to see thousands of new people want into the kingdom of God. Right? By what we're Amen. doing. Amen. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. Love you, man. Love Thanks. You. Okay, so the story kind of goes on, right? Like in our lives, the testimony's never done being built. Uh, God's constantly at work building your testimony, and he'll, he'll take you right out of a place where you're succeeding, where you're comfortable, where you're thriving, and he'll go, you know what, I've got something else for you. So guys, when you share your testimony, what you're really doing is you're revealing the record of God's activity on this earth and in your life. You're opening up the book, Right? And you're going, hey, look at what's happening in chapter 5 right now. Look what's happening on page 96. It's just being written. Right now you're giving people the account of what God has done and what he's doing. And your testimony, then it, it helps the world find God. Your testimony, it helps, the, it helps the church praise God. Your testimony helps people, you know, have their heart filled with hope. Your testimony connects the next generation with a living and a powerful God. Moms, dads, grandmothers and grandfathers. Share your testimonies of what God has done so that the next generation can recognize that God is alive and he's powerful. Your testimony takes the God of the Bible and makes him tangible today. So let me end with 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It says, if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and a respectful way. So, so watch this. If someone comes up to you and they say to you, hey, what's God been doing in your life lately? Or what's God done in your life? You know what your response should be? Where do you want me to start? You want me to start where God healed me? I'll tell you that testimony. You want me to start where God restored my marriage? I'll tell you that one. You want me to start where God broke addiction in my life? Or do you want me to start where, you know, God pushed back the darkness of depression? Or maybe you want me to start in the chapter where I, I, I talk about how God miraculously provided for me. Or maybe you want me to go all the way back to the beginning and start telling you about how Jesus delivered me from a life of sin and he brought me into his kingdom and I'm a son and a daughter of the king. Where do you want me to start? Where do you want me to start? It, it, look, if you're a follower of Jesus, your life should be like a book full of chapters that are unique testimonies of what God has done in your life. So look, I'm your friend. I'm your pastor. Can I just challenge you with a couple of statements? Here's the first one. If you don't have a testimony, get one. If you're here today and you're outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, surrender your life to Jesus. Get a testimony so that you got something to share about the goodness of God. Now look, I hope you still love me after this one, but look, if you're a Christian, you call yourself a Christian, and you don't have a fresh testimony to share right now, go get it. If all you have is old chapters and old stories, and you got nothing new to share, go get it. Here's what you do. You get up from wherever you stopped growing, and you start taking some new steps forward. You, you got to get up and start moving you got to get up and start growing again. you got to get up and start chasing them again. Just get up. Get up and start moving again. Start reading God's Word again. Start going back to a life group again. Start being regular and being here every Sunday for a year and a half. That's what Karina said. For a year and a half, and she saw life. 
And then she saw life in her. You got to get up and you got to keep moving forward. You got to get up and you got to go confess to someone, I'm stale and I'm old spiritually. You got to get up. Okay? You got you to get up right now and keep moving forward. Get a testimony. I hope today you've been encouraged. I hope today you've been inspired. Um, but we're not done yet. We are definitely not done. I, I got so many testimonies to share with you, I couldn't even fit them all into my message. So I've got some that I want to send out to you. But I only want to send it to the people that actually want to be inspired by the power of a testimony. So if you want to be inspired by the power of another testimony, then I want you to take your cell phone out. I want you to text the word bonus to the number that's on the screen. If you text the word bonus, we'll leave that up there for a minute, you're going to get another testimony of a college kid named Caden. He's a wrestler at UNK. You've got to hear this story. You got to hear the story of the next generation waking up to the power of God. It's going to inspire you. <clears throat> but I also have a, uh, a baptism video from Honduras that just got that just happened this morning. We uploaded it from our Go team uh, that's there building a church, and you can get a video of that baptism as well if you'll text bonus to the number that's on the screen. Well, guys, look, we're not done with the service, okay? And uh, we're going to continue on with more stories of radical life transformation through the power of Jesus. And we're going to do that through water baptism. Who's, who's ready to like, watch and participate in some water baptism? Come on. Why don't you stand with me? Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Come on. We got some more stories. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be awesome. We're going to cheer. We're going to shout. It's going to be amazing. But first, let me pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that you're, you're in the business of changing lives. That, Lord, you, you show up in a radical way and you transform us. You transform the way we think. You transform the way we live. You transform our habits. You transform relationships, God. Lord, you set us free from addictions. You pull us out of the darkest pit we've ever walked in. And you bring us into the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ into a relationship with you. Lord, you're doing amazing things in this room right now. You're inspiring people with the power of the testimony. You're waking people up today, letting them know that, look, I don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. I got to get in the game. I got to keep growing. I got to keep going. I got to go get a fresh testimony. Lord, you're at work today, and we're excited about that. Lord, today we get to celebrate with those who are making a public proclamation that Jesus is their Lord, Jesus is their leader, Jesus is their Savior. Lord, what an exciting day at New Life to be here today, to hear the power of the testimony. So Lord, may you create a powerful testimony in us that transforms others as they hear it, and may we celebrate with those who are writing their testimony even in these very moments that we stand in. So Lord, may you receive all the glory, may you receive all the honor, and may you receive all the praise. And everybody said? Amen. Amen.